Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information about our ministries, head to calvarystgeorges.org. In this gospel today, um, we see Jesus on the way. He's walking, and in Luke, he's often walking. Much of Luke has a movement, um, endlessly uh, moving, moving, moving toward uh, Jerusalem. Um, and at the point in, at which he's there, um, we have these interesting conversations, three very short conversations with Jesus. And the first is a man saying, I'll follow you wherever you go. My home will be with you, he's saying. I'll, I'll go where you're going. But Jesus' response is, the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. I don't have a home. Following me will mean not knowing where you're going. I remember um, when uh, I was in Florida, in, in central Florida, and Bishop John Howe was the bishop and my husband at that time had a job in um, Orlando. So Bishop Howe was showing me a parish in Daytona uh, where I might go and be the rector. We stopped off at a gas station and he was talking about how the church might begin to split and that there would be a what is now the ACNA but at that time was just a split that might occur and he might be a part of that split. And I remember saying to him, but what, what, what about your pension? Because <laughs> that's what I was thinking about. And he said, listen, Janet, it's Guts Ball. And I remember thinking, I, I can't play Guts Ball. I don't want to play Guts Ball. Scary, scary not to have a place, not to know, to go into a town and not know where you're going to stay. It's also humiliating not to have a home. When I was in New York at one point, I did not have an apartment, and I don't really remember what the cause was, but during my 20s, it would happen occasionally that I wouldn't have an apartment. And uh, I found it really humiliating, and I I do remember having a conversation with um, Mary Zoll in which I complained, Paul Zoll's wife, a friend of ours, a priest we know, his wife, and I complained that I had no place to sleep. And she said that line, the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. She has a southern accent. So she said, the son of man had nowhere to lay his head. And um, I thought, uh-oh, you know, because I wasn't comfortable with that. I didn't want to be the son of man. I wanted an apartment, and I wanted her to get on my side about it. The, the next conversation Jesus has is interesting, too. A, a man is honored, really, by having Jesus say, follow me. So that would be very impressive. Just imagine if Jesus walked up to you, I mean, literally, and said, follow me. Personal uh, introduction. And, and the poor fellow, he, he says, well, 
yes, um, I, 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 do, I will, but I just need to bury my father. Um, some of us here today have buried our fathers. Um, Jesus says, this is immediate. You need to come right now. Don't, don't look back. And, uh, but what, wasn't it reasonable, just kindly, just the way it ought to be? Let the dead bury the dead, says Jesus. You come with me right now. And, and then there's this third conversation. The, the poor man says he wants to follow Jesus, but would it be okay if he just says goodbye to his family? Can, can you imagine if Jesus called you right in the middle of this service now, and Jesus is calling you, and the answer, and, but the, question, the thing was you were supposed to get on a, a, a helicopter right outside and just fly away to where you were needed. And you said, could I say, could I make a phone call? Could I say goodbye to my family? And the call was, no, you can't. Uh, just leave. Very, very hard sayings. Jesus says, if a person at the plow looks back, just even takes a look back, you know, like in the Greek myths, he or she is not fit for the kingdom of heaven. I feel like uh, I have to enlist in the Marines or something. And you know I would flunk the Marines. Raise your hand if you would flunk the Marines. Good choice. Um, I've been reading these Horatio Hornblower books lately. I'm in love with Horatio Hornblower at the moment. And his fights in the Napoleonic Wars. Um, I'm in the middle of Ship of the Line, uh, book number six, uh, in case you wanted to know. Um, but, but the key of the Hornblower books is that the men do precisely what Hornblower asks them to do, even at the point of risking their lives, because he wins them over, and he wins them over amazingly by valuing them but at the same time keeping his distance and his command. He's astounding that way. He's this beautiful ability to impute to them and at the same time keep his own standing. This kind of wholehearted yes, yes, I'll do it, yes. You remember that hymn? I mean, maybe you know it. Um, Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes. You know the one, and Aristotle, you, did you ever hear it? Anyway, you're supposed to, I remember repeating that, you know, over and over again. Um, the right thing to do, just the right thing to do immediately. This week has been filled with information, news about stuff we're supposed to do the right thing about. I bet there are a lot of different opinions about what the right thing is in this group. Better do the right thing about Roe versus Wade. Better do the right thing about gun legislation. Better do the right thing about uh, being able to, ca apparently I, I can now carry a gun and I don't have to show you. Um, better do the right thing. Better have the right opinion. They, they had opinions almost before they even had the, before it was announced. But you, you got you to adopt one, get your, 
get your reasons together. You don't have, we don't have a minute to contemplate or think or question or ask or metabolize. Jesus came by. Would, would you drop everything? Would you go? Would you go if you didn't know where you were going to sleep? If you couldn't bury your father? If you couldn't say goodbye to your kids? I had a friend named Tim Locke in college, wonderful guy, great mathematician. Lived in a house with seven others. There were eight of us, and we all had a different night, a different time when we were supposed to do the dishes. And on the night that I was supposed to do the dishes, I wanted to go out, so I put them all in the, in the sink, and I turned on the hot water, and I put suds in, and I said to Tim, I'm just going to soak them. And he went absolutely ballistic, hysterical. And he wasn't that kind of guy. And he said, please, don't do that. And I said, why? And he said, in my family, they were always soaking the dishes, and no one ever did them. I mean, I thought John the Baptist had it right. He was so incredibly sure of himself with his opinion until at the end he says, are you the one or should I seek another? I, I, thought, I thought Mary had it together. I mean, she was a, what is it, right to lifer? She had the baby. Until later, you know, she's at a party screaming at him. Until later, he gets lost in a crowd because she's lost him for a day and a half or two. Three days later, she says, don't you ever do that, Mr. Welcome God. What about being wholehearted? How hard it is to be wholehearted. In this very pew where you're sitting, we sang the song, I Surrender All. You know that? Anybody, anybody a Baptist? It's real good. You stand up, you wave your hands back and forth, and you say, I surrender all. I surrender all. You with me? Anybody know it? Am I crazy? You know the one I'm talking about? So I remember standing there and singing, I surrender all. And my son, it was absolutely impossible, wouldn't shut up. And I just turned over and I said, shut up. I surrender all. I mean, these are hard sayings. But then I look at the scripture, and what I love so much about the Lord is the Lord never takes you to a place without giving you the balm of Gilead, without giving you the strength and the power to come out of it. Because at the very beginning of the scripture that we read today, it says, he turned his face to Jerusalem. And it says it again, as he was going to Jerusalem, before he ever asked these things of his people, before he ever asked us to give ourselves to him wholeheartedly, he already had turned his face to Jerusalem. He had turned his heart and his soul wholeheartedly to go to the cross for us to do it for us to go where we are unable to go. He had it in mind before he ever brought us to school. 
he had already completed the exam. Astounding to live in such grace, to know that he has already been there and already done it. I want to I wanna be wholehearted. But what I find about being wholehearted is that often in God's purpose, I notice I was wholehearted after I already did it. I was speaking to Camel about music, and I asked him, how do you know what notes to play when you're free associating, when you're playing what comes into your heart? And he said, I don't know. And I said, well, you make decisions. He said, it doesn't feel like decisions. I said, well, what are you limited by? He said, well, I'm limited by my fingers. I'm limited by 88 notes. You're limited by everything in your life. The skills and the incredible gifts God has given you. But when you look around, you notice all the way in back what they were able to do for you because of what Jesus has done for you and for me. There's a it's a hot day, so I'll, I'll finish up. I've, I've really said everything I, I have to say. Um, I like Duke Ellington, besides Hornblower. Actually, I would take Duke Ellington over Hornblower, it's true, but no one's asked me. But I say, he was asked once, how did you come up with the blues? How did it happen? from jazz to the blues? How did it happen that it went from a, sort of a, a musical, uh, gorgeous, he used to call jazz a beautiful woman? How did it go from a beautiful woman to the moan of, of, of pain, of the truth of our distress? How did it go there? And this is what he said. I merely took the energy it takes to pout and wrote some blues. So may God bless you wholly. May he give you the energy you use to pout, to do his will with your whole heart, that turning around you'll notice, holy cow, that must have been the Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of our parish, we would really appreciate it. You can make a one-time or recurring gift by going to calvarystgeorges.org slash give. Thank you for your support.